Welcome to Everyday Nonviolence. This podcast is produced by Friends for a Nonviolent World, or FNVW. FNVW champions nonviolence as the foundation for effective programs and actions to promote the dignity of every human being. The Everyday Nonviolence podcast highlights people in our community who are using the principles and practices of nonviolence to transform themselves and the world around us. Their stories deepen our understanding of the impact of violence and the many ways nonviolence can be used for healing and social change. Every year, the United States celebrates Martin Luther King Jr. Day in honor of MLK's life and legacy. The gains made by the civil rights movement under his leadership are a powerful example of what can be accomplished through strategic nonviolent action. But how much do we really know about MLK and the nonviolent activism of the civil rights movement? How do we continue to move Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s vision forward in our world today? In this series of short episodes, We'll be exploring the six principles of Kingian nonviolence, which were the underlying moral values and beliefs that guided MLK's life and activism. Each episode in this series will focus on one of the six principles of Kingian nonviolence. Welcome to episode six, focused on our final Kingian principle the universe is on the side of justice. I'm your host, Jaron Peterson Dean. I'm joined again by Peter Digitali Anderson, Program Director and the Director of Formation at Peace Catalyst International. Peter's work here in the Twin Cities is focused on catalyzing churches and white folks to get involved in the work of racial healing and justice, ranging from internal growth and accountability to wide-scale social change. He will be our guide as we seek a deeper understanding of the nonviolent principles and practices that were so integral to MLK's life and leadership. Welcome back, Peter. Glad to be back. The sixth principle of Kingian nonviolence states that the universe is on the side of justice. This is a really powerful statement of faith in the future. What do you think led King to include this principle in his nonviolent practice? I'm just going to read the King and Nonviolence summary of what this principle is, because I think it gives us some context for imagining why this is part of the principles. So the universe is on the side of justice. And we say that truth is universal and human society and each human being is oriented to the just sense of order in the universe. The fundamental values in all the world's religions include the concept that the moral arc of the universe bends towards justice. For the nonviolent practitioner, nonviolence introduces a new moral context in which nonviolence is both the means and the end. So in terms of why King included this as part of his principles, Martin Luther King Jr. was a Baptist pastor as well as a civil rights leader. His Christian faith was a huge part of how he understood nonviolence. The Christian tradition is a lot of what got him into this space. And I suspect that for him to preach nonviolence, he needed a conviction, a cosmic reassurance that they were working alongside a bigger moral power in the universe. For King, that was God in the Christian sense. 
But in this principle and in the description, we see that King also understood this much more expansively than just in a Christian theological sense. King recognized that this idea of a moral arc moving towards justice showed up in religions across the world. He certainly saw a lot of that in Gandhi's Hinduism, which was another huge influence for King's nonviolence. And King also frames this in very humanist terms. King had a deep faith that justice is at the core of human longing, that our hearts will continue to turn towards justice. Humans long for freedom. Humans long for liberation. He believed that whether it was through divine inspiration or human longing, the desire for love and justice would never end and would never disappear. So this principle reflects both his own faith that nonviolence was a part of a reality far bigger than any individual success or failure. So what does this principle mean to you? For me, a lot of this principle's power comes from extending our time frame for justice. Our time on this earth is so brief, and yet we can get so caught up in our own small experiences, the small projects we're working on, getting caught up in whether or not we see justice now, whether or not the things we're working on win or succeed now, whether or not the change happens in the next year or two. And we can get so focused on the now that we lose sight of how this struggle for justice, the struggle for liberation has continued throughout human experience, throughout our entire history. It's never ended, so it's just taken different forms and had different different struggles to fight against. Now, we don't want to lose our sense of urgency. We still have a moral responsibility to care for our neighbors, for our fellow humans, for our society today, for the generations that are coming after us. A lot of the work I do now is because I'm thinking about what do I want my kids to grow up into? What do I want my future grandkids and great-grandkids? What do I want their world to be? If we're called to nonviolence, then we're still called to keep working for justice wherever we can. And yet the future doesn't rest on us because this is so much bigger than us. This is a generational struggle and a universal struggle. We're part of a long, long movement towards the beloved community. We get to enjoy as much of that beloved community as we can now, and we get to rejoice in the faith that future generations will experience it even more fully. That's both the hope and the faith of this principle. That's remarkable and very powerful. Peter, how would you define a just world? That's an excellent and complex question. A lot of my own understanding of this has also come through various Christian theological traditions and other spaces, but kind of some of these frameworks have, are kind of at the core of how I articulate things. Justice is the way that we care for each other on a, in society, on a collective sense. There's a theologian, Walter Brueggemann, who talks about justice with the language of liberation and the language of order. Justice in society is both about how do we order things in a way that everybody get what, gets what they need, everybody has, is empowered in society, everybody's included. And then justice is also when we see that's not being done, when we see people are being excluded, when we see people are being disenfranchised, when we see people are being impressed, how do we work for their liberation to bring them back in and stop the evil that's being done? That's what I would say justice is. Order and liberation existing together, woven together. Can you share with us a reflection question relating to this last principle? Yeah. As we wrap up this series, I want to invite us 
to reflect on, to meditate on the scope and scale of what we're stepping into. So our questions are, what do you believe about the universe being on the side of justice? Does that affect how you struggle for justice? And what thoughts or feelings come up as you consider the expansive scope of this long, long movement for justice and for the beloved community? Well, Peter, thank you so much for joining us and leading us on this six-part journey through Kingian nonviolence. I know I've learned a lot, and I imagine many others have as well. Again, thank you. It's been a real pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much, Sharon. Been a joy to hang out with you. I've been talking with Peter Digitali Anderson. You can find more information about Peace Catalyst International, including upcoming workshops on nonviolence and conflict transformation at www.peacecatalyst.org. Thank you so much. for listening to Everyday Nonviolence. To learn more about Friends for a Nonviolent World, visit our website at fnvw.org or call 651-917-0383. We hope you will subscribe so that you don't miss future episodes and insightful conversations. Please note that the views expressed in this podcast are those of the host and guest and are not intended to reflect the official positions of FNVW, its staff, or board of directors.